Chapter 19 The Master And the Lord Buddha said, The Tathagata, the fully enlightened one, set the wheel of the Dharma rolling at Benares, beside the rock of the prophet, in the grove of the gazelles. And it can neither be stopped by monk nor brahmin, neither by god nor demon, nor by anyone else in this world. That teaching is the unveiling, the revelation of the four noble truths. What for? The noble truth of suffering, the noble truth of the origin of suffering, the noble truth of the cessation of suffering, the noble truth of the path which leads to the cessation of suffering. But what, brother, is the noble truth of suffering? Birth is suffering, ageing is suffering, sickness is suffering, death is suffering. Sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief and despair are all suffering. To be separated from the loved is suffering. To be united with the unloved is suffering. Not to obtain what we desire is suffering. In short, all the various forms of attachment involve suffering. That is, brother, the noble truth of suffering. But what, brother, is the noble truth of the origin of suffering? It is this, the craving that continually gives rise to fresh birth, companioned by desire and passion, ever seeking fresh delight, now here, now there. In other words, craving for sensual pleasure, the craving for existence, or the craving for annihilation. That is, brother, the noble truth of the origin of suffering. But what, brother, is the noble truth of the cessation of suffering? It is the complete fading away and cessation of that very craving, its abandonment and relinquishment, the freedom from and discarding of it. That is, brother, the noble truth of the cessation of suffering. But what, brother, is the noble truth of the path which leads to the cessation of suffering? It is the noble eightfold path consisting of right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration. That is, brother, the noble truth of the path which leads to the cessation of suffering. After the Master had in this way set up the four cornerstones, he proceeded to raise the whole structure of the teaching in such a way as to make it a habitable home for the thoughts and feelings of his pupil. He elucidated each separate sentence as a skilled mason hews and polishes each individual stone, and just as one lays one stone upon another, so did he join sentence to sentence, everywhere laying down the foundations carefully and fitting each sentence into its own proper place, in its due relation to every other. By the side of the pillar of the principle of suffering, he placed the pillar of the principle of the transitoriness of all things. And as an entablature joining the two, while supported by and overarching them, he added the weighty principle of the selflessness of phenomena. Through this mighty portal he ascended, leading his pupils circumspectly, step by step, several times up and down the well-built stair of the fundamental law of conditionality, dependent origination, everywhere establishing and perfecting. And just as an able builder, when erecting some magnificent structure, adds pieces of statutory at suitable points, and in such a way that they serve that not only as ornaments, but also as bearers of supports, so too the master at times introduced an amusing or ingenious analogy, conscious that by such a method the veiled meaning of many a profound utterance can become clear. Finally, however, he summed the whole up, 
and at the same time, as it were, covered the structure over by placing upon it a resplendent, far-seen dome in the words, By attachment to existence, friend, one comes into existence. Lacking such attachment, one comes into existence no more. And in the seeker who is nowhere held fast by such attachments, there grows amid the unclouded cheerfulness of inner peace this realization. My deliverance is unassailable. This is the last birth of all. Now there will be no more coming into any state of being. The one who has come thus far awakens to the highest wisdom, and this friend is the highest, holiest wisdom, to know that all suffering is ended. One who has found this has found a freedom which stands true and inviolable, for that which is deceptive and fleeting is false, my friend, and that which has an undeceptive nature is the supreme noble truth. That is to say, nirvana. And one who from the very beginning was subject to birth, the changes of age and to death, marking well the remorselessness of the law of nature, now wins the safety that knows no birth, no aging and no death. One who was subject to sickness and corruption thus reaches the assurance that knows no change, that is pure and holy. Such a one knows with absolute certainty, birth is destroyed. The knowledge of freedom is clear. The holy life has been fulfilled. What had to be done has been done. There is no more of this to come. The world has been utterly transcended. Such ones, my friend, are called finishers because they have finished and made an end of all suffering. Such ones, my friend, are called obliterators because they have obliterated the delusion of I and mine. Such ones, my friend, are called weeders because they have weeded out the plant of life by the roots so that no new life can ever germinate again. So long as they are in the body, such ones are seen by gods and humans. But when the body is dissolved in death, they are no longer seen by anyone at all. And neither does Mother Nature, the all-seeing, see them any longer. Such ones have indeed blinded the eye of Mara, escaped from the evil one, the lord of illusion in the sensory world, crossing the stream of existence, they have reached the island, the only one that lies beyond aging and death, Nirvana.